Welcome to the Elite Professionals in Coaching Podcast, hosted by Chris Aird, business owner and CEO of With Purpose, bringing you leadership, growth ideas, mindset transformation, and strategic information for the entrepreneurs, business owners, and community leaders. You will be encouraged, educated, and empowered to develop your people, implement your processes, and increase your income. Now get ready to listen to the newest episode of the Epic Podcast. Welcome to Epic, another podcast episode brought to you by With Purpose. Epic stands for Elite Professionals in Coaching. Uh, we have two hosts from this point forward, uh, myself, Chris, and we also have Taylor Chesney. Taylor, welcome again. Thank you very much for being on this. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. Been a, been a good morning, so doing good. Good, good. Well, we've got a lot to bring to our listeners today, and it just feeds off of what we've been doing for people. So I just want to encourage our listeners to kind of go back and and listen to those podcasts, uh, because this is going to really, I mean, you can listen to it right now and you'll pick up where we left off, but it would be great if you went back to some of the foundational pieces that we were talking about, like trust, right? Um, and so today, what are we, what are we going to get into today, Taylor? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start um, uh, a short series, I guess, a little bit on kind of how to instill culture, uh, especially with having remote employees. Uh, we know a lot of different businesses are, <clears throat> yeah, as that becomes kind of the new norm. Um, even if that's just a hybrid modality, we know that new new challenges are presented, and so we want to be able to address those. And so, um, being able to kind of have an existing culture with employees who don't always see each other uh, definitely seems to be a problem, uh, and we imagine it'll be, continue to be a problem moving forward. So, we want to help businesses help solve that issue. Great. You know what? I think the best place to start is, is how do we define workplace culture and how does someone, I, I think you and I have been into some companies and clients that they know what they kind of want, but they don't actually put that term to it. So can we define what workplace culture is? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, uh, do you, do you want a, a set different uh, dictionary definition or, um, well, you can do that. And then maybe we can, uh, kind of just expound on that. Perfect. Okay. Um, well, uh, while I pull that up, um, I guess is, uh, I, yeah, I would say that uh, workplace culture are the traits that we want to have our company emulate. Um, so it's going to be the things, whether that be, we're going to be a, a company that opens the door for employees. I know we're talking about remote employees, um, but it is the traits that we want all of our staff, uh, whether that, no matter how high or how low they are on the totem pole, uh, that we want them to emulate. What, uh, what, how, how would you define it? You know what? I think that's a great definition. I would add to that and say that workplace culture is basically what we allow to have happen and what we don't allow to have happen just in the, just in a 30,000 foot level. And, um, you know, we've, we work with so many people. I think even you and I have worked in cultures that have been toxic just to put a, a, a catch word to that. Um, we've also been a part of companies where their culture is, um, very empowering, if you will. And so it's, it really kind of what, with what you're saying and what I'm saying is, is it's really boils down to, uh, what we're looking for in those employees, whether it's traits, whether it's what people are getting away with or what they're not getting away with, um, values, I would even say as a company, yeah. right? Yeah. I like that. Let, let's move forward with that definition. I think it's a little better than mine. So, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know that's any different, but here's the thing is everyone's going to come up with their own definition yeah. of what their culture should look like. And before we dive into remote train, remote teams, um, you know, let's let's talk to the business owners for a moment or community leaders and say, 
you know, what maybe what might be a step for them to identify what that culture is like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think the obvious, I think the obvious things, I think everyone probably wants a hard worker. Um, kind of, so I would say kind of just go through the, the basic things. Uh, what are the things that you um, that you want when you are hiring an employee? Um, and, and admittedly, some of those, the culture for your HR department is probably going to look similar, but slightly different than the culture for your um, IT department. Um, and so it's, it's understand that those, that there are some differences there, but what are the unifying qualities? Um, and so for some, uh, for some companies um, that maybe we want a loyal, uh, we want a loyal employee. Uh, we want an employee who's going to stay with us uh, through a long time and then through a long time. Uh, and then there are companies like Netflix where they just want an employee to work as hard as they can. And then after a short undetermined amount of t- or predetermined amount of time, then they can move on from them. Um, so it's more so just identifying, I guess, kind of what you want an employee um, and how you want that employee to, I guess, impact uh, the customer. So if let, let's break this down for a quick moment. If, yeah. if this is a brand new company that we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, would you, what would you say to them? Are, are they to identify the values or the traits that they're looking for that are either in themselves because they have to emulate that, right? Yeah. And what they're looking for in other people in order, and that becomes part of the hiring process? Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely say so. I mean, I think um, I think good I, I think good cultures last longer than good ideas. Um, and so I think one of the best things a company can do uh, from the get-go, um, is to identify what they uh, what they want their company to be known for. Uh, I mean, I think of companies references in a previous podcast, but companies like Southwest. Uh, when people think of Southwest, one of the first things they think of is their company culture. Um, there are other companies I'm sure you could think of where they could be the industry standard, but all we think of them for is their production. Or companies like Southwest, you think their production and their culture, um, and I think that just attracts customer loyalty, but also knowing that about the company, I think creates a sense of security. Um, and so I think that then makes the, uh, makes the client feel or customer feel a little bit more comfortable because they know what they're getting. Yeah. I like that. And I would also add that company culture goes beyond just dollars and cents in the bank. It's got to go beyond making money because, you know, you and I both that with purpose here say that people are our number one priority. People are the number one pillar of a business. Mm-hmm. And in order to emulate those values, those traits, that culture, you need to have people that are like-minded or maybe at least willing to conform to those traits, those ideas, those values, that implementation for the workplace culture for that nine to five, right? For the hours that are being worked. What would you say to that? Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think um, even if your culture is just dollars and cents, let's just say that's the case, then the, then the customer feels that. Um, and that could even just be, uh, and I think referenced this before, but um, that if your company is just dollars and cents, then you're going to probably have higher turnover because there's going to be less um, employee commitment to the company. Uh, and that higher turnover, then it's going to impact your product. Um, and so I think, I think yeah, even if it is just high production, the, the customer feels that the customer sees that, um, and they may not know your culture, uh, but it definitely comes across in the product. Yeah. It's, okay. So good. So we've kind of laid the foundation, if you will, for yeah. what company culture is. And everyone has this, we even have this in our own personal lives at home, uh, the way we raise kids, the way we interact with our spouses, the way we interact with our friends, there's a culture that we're looking for and we create it. We may not label it as a culture, but when we think specifically as the workplace culture, we have just kind of done a foundational piece right there looking from a 30,000 foot level. Um, 
When we think about now shifting over to remote teams, mm-hmm. first of all, let's identify this. How do we carry that workplace culture to an employee who is working remote? Yeah, I mean, I, I think as, as simple as it is, I think you just identify your culture. Um, so if you want to have, here are the five pillars of our company, or if you want to have uh, a phrase or whatever, I think you say those things regularly. Um, and I think saying it over and over again can almost sound disingenuous, um, but if you back it up, it doesn't. Um, and so I think that if you um, if you are opening your meeting, your company-wide meetings, or if you're ending your company emails, however you want to do it, if you say it, if you're backing it up, uh, I think that employees will be motivated by that. They won't just see it as an annoying thing that's kind of being forced on them. Okay, that's really good. So, so now we're, we're talking about transitioning brick and mortar for the most part, right? Workplace culture into someone who is remote and it's about enforcing. So let's take it another step and say, okay, so we're enforcing. Where do we draw the line or if we need to draw a line on the accountability in order for it to be enforced? Yeah, yeah. So that so that's definitely um, yeah definitely leads into other topics with this. I think with accountability with that, I mean, some of it has to be there has to be a standardized process. Um, there has to be a way to go in and make sure that this this is being done. Um, and so if that is going to be in your hiring and onboarding uh, and making sure that that is implemented in the training, if that is going to be at the um, th- throughout and having it be employee reviews. Um, to make sure whether that's self-evaluation or other evaluations, um, there has to be standardized processes. Um, these can't just be conceptual, uh, conceptual phrases, um, or conceptual ideas. Um, they have to be actually able to be measured. And so if you're going to say, we want to be a company that puts uh, employees first. Okay. Well then let's measure that. Let's see what are our employee, what are our customer satisfaction ratings? Um, and then you can, you can get that down to the territory, the area that those employees work in or, um, if you if you have employees who work over the phone, then you can say, well, what is the satisfaction rating of people who work with them? Different things. Um, there has to be a way to standardize this, um, even if it's just we want to be a, um, a welcome. We want to have uh, a sense of family amongst our staff, uh, which I know we've talked about that term before. Um, but uh, if that's the case, then okay. Then how long how long is your family staying together? Um, because if it's separating a lot, then it's not. Um, so there has to be a way to measure these these phrases and these these values. And again, when you bring up family, the my the, the first <laughs> we've, again we've talked about this, but yeah. you know not all not all, there is no family that's perfect. So we need to give a little bit of room for forgiveness yeah. as well as patience, and make sure that if it is a family environment, if we think of what the the family model should be, just catching on to this one for a moment, then we have to identify like what you're saying, what that is supposed to look like, mm-hmm. practice it, emulate it over and over and over. So it's it's just repeating, uh, tweaking some things as you go along. So I really like that. Now, here's the thing is there's probably, I'm going to say thousands of businesses out there that don't know about workplace culture. They they may just recognize that they have high turnover and they don't realize that it's categorized under under culture or associated with workplace culture, right? So how do how do we identify maybe the unidentified qualities or traits that could be or are valued? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think when you going back a little bit, you talked about you know even families have their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, my family, we just you know we 
we had our own culture. It, it was, you know, I love my family, but it was interesting. I, I recently got married uh, and my, well, my wife's family, uh, they had a set of four or five values that they stood by. Um, and so they were very intentional those things. And so it's funny hearing them say those things because I can then see, okay, I can, I can definitely see this in their relationships. And for my family, I'm sure there's something there. And I know there is, I come from a good family, but um, I couldn't identify those things. Um, and so I think identifying these things is key. Um, and so I think how to identify the unidentified is just look at the trends, you know, it, look at, look at our employees and, and what, and what they say or do. Um, if we, we talked about differences in departments, um, if one department has a history of high production, um, then that, then there's a culture that's different than the, than a department that has low production. Um, and so I think it's just going to be how to identify that is going to just be look at their production ratings. It's going to be employee surveys, no matter how big the company, uh, I think it's always a beneficial thing that companies can do. Um, and so sometimes what your best assets are going to be the employees themselves, um, you know, and so seeing, just asking them um, whether that's anonymous or not, depending on the size. So um, I think the best way to do that is to look at your production uh, and then just go, go to the horse's mouth and ask the employees. Yeah, I like that. You can't go wrong by asking questions, can you? Nope. Um, and, and as long as they're open-ended questions so that they don't receive a yes or no response, that those are the kind of the great questions, those perfect questions, if you will. Um, I really just want to tap onto what you said over the next couple of minutes here. And that's this is identifying the benchmarks. And we would, in the business world, we would say the KPIs, right? The key performance indicators. So if we're expecting a certain level of production going off of the example you said, then that expect that, um, that expected amount of production is going to fit within a timeline. It's going to fit within an industry standard. Um, it's going to be probably somewhere in between. Um, it, it'll get, it's good. It'll get the job done to um, an extreme uh, improvement on a product, let's say. So you've got the three tiers, if you will, good, better, and best. Right. Um, but also is then as you're looking into that is, is how, how well are the employees? What's the morale? is what we should talk about, right? Um, so when we ask the questions and understand that every employee that we ask, every client or customer that we ask is going to have their own perspective. Yep. Uh, case in point, I just watched um, uh, an online thing last night with Dave Ramsey. Okay. And I got, an, I got a, a survey back that I responded to this morning. And I normally will do surveys. I have no problem giving feedback because I think it's, well, it's important to us as business owners and, and as business consultants, it's important for that feedback. But if I think it's important, then if someone else is giving me a survey, I feel it's equally important to fill that out. And so all they're doing is collecting information and it's coming from my perspective. Will I get a call from them saying, Hey, why did you answer it this way? I, I don't know. At the same time, we, as in the business whether we're an owner, an executive leadership team member, or we're the janitor, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a value and they contribute to the culture of the organization. And so in that, they also have their own perspective, um, their own feelings of maybe how they were onboarded as a new employee, maybe the culture that has shifted, uh, whatever the case might be. And it's, it's to your point, I think it's good that we do some sort of surveys um, frequently now, frequently and consistently, frequently and consistently. So frequently doesn't mean we're doing one every day, maybe once a month, once a quarter, but we're consistent with it. And then we talk about it. Would you agree? Like we talk about the findings. 
you talk about it and you track the findings. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent agreed. And sometimes some of it can just be seasonal. You know, sometimes there may be uh, dissatisfaction, and it may not maybe. Uh, maybe outside the factors. Um, and so, but I think tracking it and those things is going to be helpful as well. Um, but yeah, I think talking about it is big because it's very easy then to get group think and say, oh, well, I think it's just this, or I think it's this. Go to your employees. If you, if you trust them enough to work for you, then you should trust them enough to give their input. Um, and so. Good. Uh, so let's give, let's give everybody listening a quick win here. Yeah. So um, first of all, we know it's a process to go through this and to change the culture of a company. Second of all, we know it's a process to kind of create a new habit, um, to be intentional with people and with our, our resources and all of that. Um, this is part of running a business. So I would also say a quick win might be this. Um, if you're listening right now, jot down on a piece of paper, what are your company values? Do, do you know what those ethical pillars are or those uh, qualities, traits that the company is asking you to do. And if you can only name a few, great. If you can't name any at all, maybe a question should be asked. Would you agree to that? 100% agree. 100% agree. Okay. So I think the quick win is then is take out a piece of paper, figure out if you know, as the listener, what the values or traits of your company are. If you can identify them, great. If you can't, we need to ask. Number two, maybe it's this, what are your personal values? What are your personal traits that you hold on to? Like if, if you met someone and they didn't have that in them, let's say, let's pull out the word like integrity. Um, and, and the best analogy I like to use with integrity is um, if you're at a four-way stop in the middle of the Midwest in the United States of America, cornfields are all around. It's a four-way stop. Are you stopping or are you slowing down to see if there's anybody else coming? right? How you answer that will determine your level of integrity, right? And it shifts. I get that. So maybe it's identifying your company values, your own personal values. Is there anything that you would add to that quick win list? Yeah. I mean, I think I would, I would expand on that. Um, I would say with the uh, identifying your values, um, I would say, okay, now let's see how successful you are at that. I would ask then your employees, what would, what, what would they say your company values are? Um, and they may point out more positives and more things that you overlook, which is great to then add to the list, but that then also may show you how well you are at, at implementing that culture. Oh, very good. I, this has been a fantastic conversation with you. I'm thinking of a whole bunch of different companies that I've worked with during this conversation that we are working with as business consultants and other companies that we have yet to be in their door, uh, in their culture to help them shift it. Um, and it doesn't mean that when you have a, a consultant on your team that all things are bad. It doesn't mean that anything is bad. It just means that you want to improve it. Um, you can see the untapped potential of your people and your workplace culture. So Taylor, thank you very much for being on this. Any last words for you? Uh, looking forward to my Niners uh, beating the Cowboys this weekend. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, hey, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, we at With Purpose, uh, you can reach out to us, contact us at any given time. We'd be happy to sit down and chat with you, uh, maybe go in a little bit of a deeper explanation, maybe be invited uh, to have a chat with someone inside your company because culture is absolutely important. And for what's going on in the world today, it's even more so important. So this is Taylor and Chris uh, representing With Purpose on the Epic Podcast. Hope you guys have a great day. Uh, and like what we always like to say, live with purpose. 
Thank you for listening to the Elite Professionals in Coaching podcast. If you want to stay in the forefront with business strategies and ideas, leadership conversations, tips, and empowerment, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and then share with your friends and fellow business owners. For more information about With Purpose and their services, visit www.withpurposellc.com.